this show is mine. Welcome into Box Office Quarterbacks. This is our Mortal Kombat episode. I'm Ryan Schmelz, your host for tonight, as well as Jeffrey Gordon. Jeff, how are you? Happy draft week. Happy draft week to you too, my friend. Uh, guess the Broncos don't need a quarterback after what happened today. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a Denver Bronco. So on the eve of the draft, I'm very, very confused on what my team is going to do with the ninth pick tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that for now. I think I think Drew Locke's uh, and Teddy Bridgewater's starting jobs could be a fatality uh, by tomorrow if Justin Fields or one of these other quarterbacks is still available when they indeed pick. I want Ryan to do Mortal Kombat uh, background noise for every aspect of my life, I think. Uh, just go throughout the day and say fatality or something like that all the way throughout the day. It would be hilarious, I think. <laughs> all right. Give me a couple and I'll try to apply them to uh, to your current life in some way or another. Your soul is mine. Flawless victory. Okay. Um, after a reporter does a live shot, you get in there and go. Flawless live shot. Oh, I like that a lot. I might actually apply that. Okay, that. All right, that's an easy one. How about so if uh, well, what was the other one? It was a uh, flawless. Okay, so we got flawless victory, and we got fatality. Now we've already done that one. Uh, your soul. your soul is mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a sleazy boss in the news industry signs you or somebody you know to a really <laughs> dangerous contract <laughs> you don't even have to change the words for that one <laughs> your soul is mine See, he, he, he can apply it to any situation <laughs> all right well we can get into the movie we're talking about we've been waiting a long time to do mortal Kombat. i think how long have fans do you think uh been waiting for a mortal Kombat movie when was 1997 ryan because that's when that disaster mortal Kombat annihilation came out we've been waiting since then to finally see a movie that kind of gets it right i think this movie did get it right uh there's some problems i had with it but it's a huge improvement from the last cinematic Mortal Kombat experience we had. And I liked it. I watched it two times on HBO Max. I thought the movie was pretty well casted across the board. I would have liked to see more of some characters, maybe less of some other ones. And, you know, overall, great movie to watch. I'll give it some credit, especially with it is a very rewatchable movie. It's a very simple watch, like, and it's a very fun watch. Um, it's not, it it does not exceed two hours long, and honestly, this one probably could have gone a little bit longer because they fit a lot of characters into a very short amount of time, and it does kind of impact the I think the story of the movie. I enjoyed it. I had fun. The only problem is is that I'm kind of going to say the same thing about this as I did about Godzilla versus Kong, which is like, this is a movie where you turn your brain off and just don't ever think it and enjoy it. But, you know, it was kind of a bad thing we had to say that with Godzilla because we saw that first Godzilla movie in a long time. We like, oh, wow, we're finally getting like a, uh, a good Godzilla movie finally with like good writing and good special effects and a good story. 
And I thought we were finally going to get that with Mortal Kombat. And yes, the fight scenes are still very strong. They are very epic and very enjoyable. I just think that the the writing in this is is rough, and and sometimes the story pacing is a little little fast or a little all over the place. But there's still a lot to like here. I just I just think that it, you make your next point, Jeff. I'll give you kind of my my logic behind this, and also I'm going to tell you why Christopher Nolan has ruined uh, blockbuster movies forever. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that part of it. But the the, the major problem I had with this movie is. There is no tournament in a Mortal Kombat movie, a movie about a tournament. So this was more enjoyable for me the second time around as opposed to the first time, because the first time I kept kind of looking at, you know, the time and I'm like, hey, there's 20 minutes left in this movie and there's no tournament. They've been training for the majority of this movie. It kind of reminded me of the 2017 Power Rangers movie where they trained for almost that entire movie. And then there was 20 minutes of action at the end of it. It kind of reminded me that in a way. And, um, you know, it's crazy that, uh, Liu Kang was also the black power ranger in that movie. So there's a connection for you as well. <laughs> oh, was <Yeah>. he? <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't realize that. Um, so my issue is, and the, the I love Christopher Nolan for making the dark Knight and making, a, a great superhero movie. And it's not just Christopher Nolan. It's Marvel too. All because of these movies. Now, every time we get a, uh, like a popular pop culture themed movie or, or series come out, we're like, Oh, are we finally going to get the dark Knight version of insert blank? Like, are we finally going to get the, the well-made Godzilla movies? Like the, the ones that have good stories and all that. And I kind of feel like we were, Hoping that's what we're going to get with Mortal Kombat. We're going to we're going to get the Christopher Nolan or the Marvel version of of Mortal Kombat, and we still got a watchable Mortal Kombat, but we did not get that. This is not the Dark Knight, uh, or what was it? Batman Begins was the first one for for that. Yeah, and and to be fair, uh, a gritty, real world based Mortal Kombat just doesn't work. Not with the, the property that you're trying to bring to the big screen. This is a game and a series about mystical martial arts and people shooting fireballs out of their hands or lasers from their eyes. It, it would just feel very kind of watered down if they kind of try to go to a, a real world setting with this. And I'm happy they kept the mystical elements of it, because I thought it worked very, very well, especially the Scorpion and Sub-Zero stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to debate you at all on the uh, the branding here. I thought that I thought the, this is the perfect brand for what these movies should be. I think they should just be violence. I think that I, and I think, too, like the blood and like the crazy gore in this movie, like it was it was. Cartoony slash video gamey, but not like crappy looking like I've seen some really bad CG blood. Before and I think they, I think they did a good amount of practical blood too because I mean there's no way you get blood all over a guy's face like they did in that one scene if you're not using real blood I mean you don't digitalize that do you so I don't know if you have any background on on production if they use like practical uh, effects at all or if it was mostly CGI I think a lot of it was CGI but the the biggest fatality 
in this movie, which was Kong Lao slicing Natara in half with his hat. I read that that was practical that day. And, you know, all the blood squirting out actually hit him in the face. Uh, the guy who played the main character, um, Cole Young, Louis Tan, uh, he said he was sick to his stomach some days on set because of all the blood and gore that was, you know, there for him to look at. And it was just super realistic. I like it. No, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of CG blood in movies. I think it looks crappy. And, and I mean, it's supposed to disgust you. And I think the practical blood is just such a better look. So so that, that's good to know. I, this movie has some great action scenes. I mean... There are moments I was watching this with a group of friends and there were moments where we stood up out of our chairs and like we're high fiving each other, especially that scene you just mentioned, which is definitely going to come down to uh, some of our favorite scenes. And we talk about that later, but it's just the writing is just the biggest critique I have with it. Um, It, you know, this for fans out there, I think they wanted it to stay true to the video game. But I felt like I was watching a video game at times with some of this dialogue, especially with uh, with some of the villains. I know they wanted to, to do some fan service and, and make some omens to the game, but you could have done that without making it just sound like you're literally reading a, a video game script. I, I think that one of the glaring problems in this movie is Shang Tsung, especially when you compare it to the 1995 version and how kind of menacing he was back then this guy is super forgettable and doesn't really seem like a threat at all uh, th- there's one scene where he he kills a main character at Raiden's temple but that's really the only scene where you kind of take this guy as a threat other than that he just kind of seems like a cheater he's here to win the tournament before the tournament actually begins yeah, and and, and I, I really wanted to, this actor to get a great role like this when when he is a great actor and you remember him from The Dark Knight yeah. and you were hoping, hey, let's give him the the villain role that he didn't get in The Dark Knight and he just he had a script that really he had nothing to work with. It really wasn't his fault, I'd say, and it also didn't help that uh, we had a very very strong Sub Zero villain kind of just putting all the other villains in the dust. And Kano, I could consider one too, and that. That was another great role. So the, the considering the two, arguably the two best characters were other villains, you know, it doesn't do you any favors. Yeah. And when we get into scenes, those Sub-Zero scenes were were kind of horrifying. I'm not going to lie. He, he was almost like a Michael Myers or like the T-1000, just how relentless he was. Um, I really like that characterization of that character for sure. Um blows the other cinematic uh, Sub-Zero out of the water by a long shot. Oh, yeah. Those guys didn't even talk, did they, in the other movie? No, and they were killed pretty fast. I think Johnny Cage killed Scorpion in like 30 minutes in that movie. Uh, Okay, Jeff, we need you to do something here. Um, For the non-Mortal Kombat people, we should have done this earlier. For those who are not fans, I de- I never played the video game growing up, or I never owned it. I think I've played it like I, one of the first times playing it was with you, Jeff, actually at at our friend's house in Albuquerque. But um, all right, and sound. I want you to sound as nerdy as humanly possible explaining this. Explain Mortal Kombat and the storyline to people who don't know anything about it. So the general plot of Mortal Kombat is every you know few decades 
there's this tournament that determines the fate of our Earth and every other Earth that exists. So Outworld, which is Shang Tsung and all the other villains, have won nine straight Mortal Kombats. They need to win one more to invade Earthrealm, which is where we live and where Cole Young lives, Sonya Blade, all those people. So that's why the tournament you see depicted in both this movie and the 95 movie are super, super important. Basically, it's like, right. yeah, basically, Earth is down three games to none in a seven-game series, and we need to come back and win four straight games, or we're kind of screwed. That's how I would describe it. There you go. You just put the the quarterback in box office quarterback there. Yes. Flawless explanation. Oh. All right. Let's... um. So, Gerald, uh, unfortunately, our co-host is uh, dealing with tornado coverage down in, in Texas right now. He's not able to join us, so we're, we're obviously thinking about him and everybody down there right now. Uh, he sent us his favorite characters. We'll get to that when we get to it. Um, didn't send us any notes on the movie, but do we want to go get into scenes? and Or do you want to cover... Do you want to skip over critical analysis and see what some of the critics said? I mean, I've got one critic. I just think he has the perfect like line. If we want to read that real say quick. Say your line and I'll say my thoughts on every critic that criticized this movie. Okay. Um, Ch- Chicago Sun-Times, Richard Roper, well-known critic, Roger Ebert's co-partner for quite some time. Mortal Kombat, brutal fights look almost as painful as the dialogue. When the warriors aren't torturing one another in gruesome ways, they're explaining the complicated rules of the showdowns. I can't disagree with that. It's true, but <laughs> I've read a lot of reviews. Uh, here, here's a, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Rolling Stone, good guys are boring. Luckily, Mortal Kombat luxuriates in, a ba- in the bad. The hell-dwelling desire for vengeance at its core makes the movie more intriguing than it has to be. That's from Rolling Stone. I will agree that the villains are okay, better. Okay, Collins. Yeah, the villains are better in this movie, that's for sure. But I've read a lot of reviews and I've listened to some things where people are basically saying, you know, I've never played this game before. And <laughs> you're not going to enjoy this movie if you don't know really any of the backstory. It's going to be super confusing. This isn't a movie for a casual moviegoer. If like your mom or dad goes to see this movie in the theaters or on HBO Max, they're probably going to hate it. I'm not going to lie. Like there's blood and guts and gore yeah. and the characters have special abilities. Um, this is for the fans. And I think it was an effective movie uh, made for us. I think that's some part of the problem, though, too. I think there is just there is this assumption that the viewers going to do their homework beforehand and and they could have simplified the plot a little bit. I, I just I don't know. It, it's hard to really tell them how they could have made this better. Um, I mean, for one, I mean, you just could have written the story better. That would have probably helped. Uh, but. There is just this assumption because I I feel like the last Mortal Kombat, the one that was released in the 90s, that was that was my first exposure to it. And I had a blast with that as a kid. I remember my mind going crazy for it. Um, If I wish they could have done something more similar to that, where it was a simpler plot. But, you know, 
we'll see. We can kind of get into our scenes and talk about, you know, why we... And this movie has done pretty decent at the box office, too. I uh, believe just under... What's the number last check? 23 million opening weekend, which is the biggest R-rated opening uh, since the pandemic hit. And then you add in all the HBO Max numbers. Uh, it's safe to say that we'll probably get a sequel to this. Um, it was successful. Yes. It, this movie... This is good enough. This is good enough for me to want a sequel, but it's bad enough for me to want them to do it maybe with different uh different writers and a different director maybe. Like maybe just change it up a bit, but like it's promising. You just got to tweak it out a little bit, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and the tease that, at the does end. Does that sound like a compromise to you? Yeah, and the tease at the end really gets you hyped up for a sequel. Uh, just a certain character that they uh, tease uh, before the credits roll. All right, let's get into scenes. So the first scene I want to bring up is towards the beginning of the movie. It's when uh, Cole and his family are sitting down and having ice cream in the middle of July. And it just starts snowing. And it looks very peaceful and everyone's kind of confused as to why this is happening and then Sub-Zero shows up and then he starts raining down the ice particles onto everybody and they have that SUV chase through the city. Uh, I just got T-1000 vibes during that scene. Um, It's just so crazy that he just showed up in a city street. It was really cool to see that character in that type of setting. Any scene with Sub-Zero in this movie is pretty decent at the minimum. I thought that the uh, the opening sequence when he invades that house is is terrifying. And the action that follows is epic in so many ways. I thought every the dynamic between these two characters was very strong. The hatred was very strong. And there was just some spectacular acting all over the board in that part. And not not too much of it in this movie, but just the the martial arts was awesome, uh, I, especially to open the movie up. Yeah, that that opening scene might have been the best scene in the movie. Actually, just it, it's just so well done. It looks it looks like an art house movie almost. Uh, it's just very very well shot. Um, yes. Yes, and, and I wish they could have wish they could have kept that momentum going, but then it got a little rough. But but there's um, what other scenes did you like? So I like, pro. I mean, the end twenty minutes is just shot after shot after shot of them fighting. But I, I guess we could go with that a little bit later. I like any scene that Kano's in. I'm just gonna say that the guy is hilarious especially when you first meet him in the house at Sonya Blade's house. And, you know, she's explaining why she doesn't have uh, the mark, the Mortal Kombat mark to fight in the tournament. And then you just hear Kano in the background after she says, you know, I don't have a mark. And he goes, rah, rah. And he just says all these hilarious things and these hilarious one liners throughout the movie. Um, that introduction was great, though. Carefully bites. Oh, hello, sunshine. Who are you? It's Kano. Kano? Kano what? Kano, none of your f- business. 
Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> that was that was probably some of the best dialogue you had, and and to have it end with him killing a giant lizard was was very very entertaining. I like. <laughs> So I'm going to bring this scene up just because it has like probably one of the worst digital effects in the movie, or I don't even think, I think it was a practical effect, but I love the Jack Sub-Zero fight at the beginning, which ends with Jack's getting his arms taken off. Only thing I didn't like is that when he gets pushed down that off that ledge, it is very obvious that that's a dummy flopping around instead of a human, but that's the only critique I had of that scene. Yeah, Jax probably would have been dead if that was a real life scenario. The thing about that that's funny is, you know, they they kind of jump on a plane after that. And Sonya's like, hey, I'll pay you $3 million if you take me to Raiden's temple. But Jax is sitting half dead in a warehouse and she just kind of forgets her friend there. It's like, hey, I totally forgot about my friend until he shows up at the temple, too. Um Oh, yeah, and then she's all she's all heartbroken when that happens, but <laughs> forgot the beginning part. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the the gargoyle getting killed is one of my favorite scenes. You talking about that? Probably my second favorite scene. In the whole the movie. hat, the saw hat, fatality. Ooh, yeah, that's the best fatality in the movie. Flawless victory. Um, man, and just the look on Kong Lao's face after it happens is just worth worth watching this movie. Just the way he says fatality. Yeah. I was so angry he died like right after that. I mean, he, he immediately like goes from being your favorite character to just never mind. He's gone. Yeah, I'd rather one of them That's, kill so that anybody sucked. else. Like, kill Cole Young. He's not even from the video games. Kill him instead. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that... Uh, I, I did not like the ending. I did. I liked... I Or, the, not the ending, the... the when, when, they, when they do the tournament, that's what I didn't like. I liked certain fights in that tournament. I liked the fight between Kano and Sonya Blade in the house. Which which kind of ends with uh, the the lawn gnome ending up in a place that uh, was kind of teased to earlier in the movie. Um, some of the other fights didn't really land for me. I thought Goro went out way too easily, and I think he was wasted in this movie. That's what I didn't like. You know, he's this huge presence. Yeah, I did like that fight. That was a great fight, but I, I just thought his character was kind of wasted um, going out that way. Yeah, they could always bring him back though. Don't don't they have like uh editions of him or something like that? Yeah, I think there's like a, like different versions of him. Yeah. Um the the scene I really did like though was the end fight between Scorpion and Sub-Zero. That was great. And that was like yes, ripped. that was amazing. That was like ripped right out of the game. You have Scorpion doing uh, "Get over here" and then you have uh, Sub-Zero leaving ice doubles of himself. Um, and then it ends with Scorpion doing his fire breath, which was really awesome to see. Um, very well done. Best fight maybe in the movie. 
So back to that, that, that I, I did like most of those fight scenes, especially Jack's just squashing the dude's head. That was another scene that had a lot of people in my house freaking out in a good way. I just, I just felt like they, they rushed it. It just felt like that came out of nowhere. It was like, oh, uh, can we just teleport them all to these locations? Then you go here, you go here, you go here. And next year, it's like, oh, we got a bunch of fights now going on. Like, I feel like it's like, oh, we're at the end of the movie. Oh, crap. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's the only critique I had. I, I enjoyed all of them. I mean, I don't think there was really a bad fight scene in this whole movie. No. And then when so, uh, Liu Kang burns uh cabal alive that was very cool too when he forms the dragon and it comes down and i think he says flawless victory at that point or something they 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 do clever ways to throw in those catchphrases yes and in his case that was that was redemption because he's very not really a good character in this movie either no um that's definitely a character that took a big back seat um, especially because he's like the main character in Mortal Kombat, so it was kind of weird to see. Yeah, the first one he was that that he was awesome in the first movie, and this one is just kind of like he was irrelevant. He was uninteresting. He was kind of annoying at times too. I, I don't know. It's just hard to get behind him this time. But we'll get to that in characters though. There is a really a really clever uh, scene though. One one more I want to add. It's when. Kano and Liu Kang are fighting and they're kind of training and Kano jumps up and Liu Kang sweeps his leg and knocks him down. That's like a, a reference to the older Mortal Kombat games where you could just do that with Liu Kang over and over again and just win your match automatically. Just go for the legs and then you beat everybody. So uh, that was a clever ad in there, I thought, too. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we ready to do characters? Yeah, let's do characters. For me, number one... We, I'll read off Gerald's characters first. Oh, yeah, let's first. go Gerald. Oh, go Gerald first. I was going to read off Gerald's first. Okay. Uh, Gerald has... His favorites are Kano, Sub-Zero, Sonya Blade, Didn't Like, Cole Young, Lord Raiden, and the guy with the New York accent who was a robot. Uh, Cabal. I think he's talking about Cabal there. Yes. <laughs> I will agree with Gerald uh, for the first two Definitely. Kano is definitely my favorite character in the movie. Um, he's he's hilarious, man. Just some of the things he says. He, I, I think Liu Kang shoots a fireball at him and he's like, oh, he's like, are you going to throw that Harry Potter crap at me or whatever he says? Um, he just has all these pop culture references. <laughs> it's just so funny. I like Sub-Zero the best. I thought he carried this movie at times. Um just a really strong character, a really strong performance by uh, Joe Taslam. And I, I thought it was just great. I mean, it, it, he really he, first great performance, but just, it was a great, he had, he had the most fleshed out story. I mean, it was just every time he came on the screen, it was terrifying. You know, it was, he had that, that presence to him, you know, that kind of like what Heath Ledger had in the, in the, in the dark night where every time he's on screen, you do not know what's going to happen. And you know, that this guy is capable of just about anything. Yeah. He was a great villain. Uh, definitely scary. And he had that presence about him. Um, the ending fight was great. I know there is a way to bring him back for a sequel. Um, and it involves resurrection and it's in the video game. So there is a way for him to come back, but 
you know, just go back and watch that opening scene. He is great in that. Just how he's kind of intimidating Scorpion's family and everything. Uh, he's my number two character, but he it, it's pretty close. I had Scorpion at number two. I thought, uh, we did this last week. What's the thing that we've realized about characters that gets them into the top five? Got to remind me here. Is it just being cool and saying cool things? It, it, no, no. It, it's when we have a character and, and after the movie's over, you want to see more of them. That's true. And that's what I got from Scorpion. I wanted to see more of this guy because it was so interesting that they killed him off. And I was like, oh, why'd you kill him? It's just like Brian Cranston and Godzilla. It's like, I wanted more of that guy. But then he came back and it was like, oh, sweet, sweet. Yeah, just seeing him at the end of the movie kind of kicking Sub-Zero's ass was so great to see. Especially when he does the spear and he says the catchphrase. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my God, he said it. He finally said it. So perfect. Um, I'm going to put him at number three for me. Just because he, he was just really great and they really did a good job bringing him to the screen. The only criticism I had of Scorpion's character too is that uh, did, did did him coming back to life was that a plot hole at all? Did did they did you think they did a good enough job explaining how like that was actually allowed for him to ha- do that? That's where the writing the like the writing kind of comes into question there because it was just a throwaway line by Raiden. He's like, oh hey here's this spear that belonged to Scorpion and then he'll be by your side. And then it's like, Oh, okay. Well, he could have explained that maybe 20 minutes ago. Maybe he could have helped you fight when they were uh, invading that temple. (laughs) That would have been a good thing to know. Yeah. (laughs) Or is it invading earth? I don't know. Like at the beginning of the movie, it's like, we have this secret weapon. I have Kano at number three. Yeah, he's great. I have Kano at number three, so we have the same top three, just different order. I just my only issue with Kano is um I feel like he got turned to the dark side way too easily. I feel like that could have been a little bit uh better. Or I think it would have been cool if he was playing mole and was trying to was gonna screw over the the bad guys, but I, I thought that was a little weak, but at the same time he was just so entertaining every scene he's in. Yeah, it it was very easy to turn him to the dark side. They're like, hey, do you like money? And that's pretty much what it took. But uh, yeah, like you said, very entertaining. Uh, My favorite character. Uh, Number four for me would be Sonya Blade. Uh, I I think she's the best on-screen Sonya Blade that we've had in the three Mortal Kombat movies that we've seen. I like that she's kind of like a conspiracy theorist and she's been following this tournament. And she has like this board of all the research she's done in her house. Um, And just her going back and forth with Kano is kind of funny too. Uh, They just hate each other so much. And I I really like that relationship. You know, before you said that I had Sonya Blade as just an honorable mention, but after thinking about, you know, she's probably one of the more fleshed out characters there is in this whole movie. So, yeah, I'll put her in there at number four. Number five for me is going to be hard. Maybe I want to put Cole Young here. It's either Cole Young or Kung Lao. I don't know. I, I, I'm i probably going to lean 
Kung Lao. Yeah, I'm not leading Kung Lao. He was a, he was a cooler character. He was from the games. Um, he was better written too. Yeah, Cole Young. I mean, I didn't hate him like a lot of people hated him for a character that was made up for a movie. Um, but yeah, Kung Lao. That fatality is going to put him at number five for me. Yeah, I, I I have him at number number five too. Just that 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 spinning helmet was just so epic, and man, it was sad to see him go. But I'll have Jax as my honorable mention. Yeah, he was he was pretty good. Um, it was funny to see him with kind of those T Rex arms for a little bit before he got his uh, uh, his special powers and everything. But when he smashed that guy's head, it was pretty, uh, pretty epic. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it was, that was so awesome. That was, that was the other moment that had people screaming in my room. That was, that was amazing. Yeah. I, I thought that was great. Um, uh, all right, let's get the dislikes. Cause we actually have a good amount in this one. Yeah. Number one. I mean, no tournament. Like I said in the beginning, this is like, this is like making a Space Jam movie without a basketball game. Come on. We need a tournament in a Mortal Kombat movie. So when we get the sequel, I'm guessing we're going to get not only the tournament, but Johnny Cage as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But I think those were two things that we were definitely missing in this movie was the tournament and that character specifically. Yeah. But Johnny, they teased him at the end, so I'm excited to see who's going to play Johnny Cage. Uh, I have Liu Kang, Cole Young, Shang Tsung, and Cobble uh, as the my bad characters. I thought Liu Kang was very uninteresting. He was kind of wimpy at times, and just everything he did was just kind of underwhelming. And I, I, I thought that was a huge drop off considering this was a big time character in the nineties movie. Yeah. It's a weird choice to do what they did. They basically switched him out for Cole young, but I think you could probably have told Liu Kang's story in that character's place and not really have missed a beat. Like a modern day interpretation of Liu Kang could have been a, uh, you know, a UFC fighter. That, that's definitely plausible, but I, I think they went wrong with kind of creating a character for this movie specifically. Um, I like Cabal, but the accent was weird, like you and Gerald said. I just feel like Liu Kang just kind of came out of nowhere, too. It's just like they were walking through the desert. He just kind of walks in like, what's up? I'm Liu Kang. Come this way. You know? And they immediately start training. I'm like, hey, they just walked through the desert. Aren't you going to like chill out for a night before you immediately jump into a training montage? Oh, yeah. Um, Shang Tsung was just, I don't know. You know, he just he took a backseat to the two other villains and that kind of just killed him, you know, in a way. Yeah, he was not memorable at all. The... the the only scene, like I said, you remember is him killing Kung Lao. And I really wish Kung Lao didn't die. <laughs> I kind of wish uh, Kung Lao would have hit him with his hat and Kung Lao would have lived as opposed to Shing Tsung. Goro was another disappointment. for And uh, I will say that. Yeah, uh, I didn't like Cole Young. 
I thought, or I didn't, I didn't hate him, but he was just a weak lead. And and it's no, it's no fault of the actor. I just think that they, they didn't make you really want the writing's just bad around him. I, I feel like they just didn't flesh his story out really well. And, and it was just, it was hard to care for him. And that, that, that's the problem, especially when you have a wife and kids involved in your story arc and you're just still, still hard to be sold on. Yeah. And you saw the twist with him come pretty much from the first moment you saw him on screen where he's wearing scorpions colors and, you know, the bracelet is scorpions colors. You knew he was related to him um, somewhere down the line, but um, yeah. And I'm not. I'm not going to be. I'm not, obviously being somebody who wasn't a big fanboy of this series before. I do like it. I mean, I'm not saying that, but I don't think it's a. I don't think it should be controversial that they made a new character for this movie just because. I mean, every time there's a new video game, don't they at least like incorporate at least a couple new characters into it or into the story in some way? So that's not exactly, you know, off brand for the the product, is it? No, and you saw that with the Resident Evil movies too, where they created their own character for the movie. I think this worked out a little better than that. Um, I but yes, this is much better than Resident yeah. Evil. What I will say is, I, I think you had a lot of established characters in this universe to where you could have plugged them into that role, and it would have worked. Uh, Liu Kang probably would have worked in that role. Johnny Cage probably would have worked in that role as well. Um, we'll see. We'll see how, how, how the sequel goes with those two characters in it. I'm looking forward to it. I think it can be a, a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. Um, I, like Ryan said, I think maybe a new director, um, would do well. This guy, I think what it was his first feature film. So it kind of shows, especially with the pacing and everything, but, Overall, uh, a really, really solid start to this universe. So Simon McCoy, what is his backstory here? Hmm. Trying to look him up. From what I heard, it's a lot of commercials. Yeah, director Mortal Kombat and the Nighttime Economy back in 2014 into video shorts. So yes, this is his first uh, director credit. I mean, it's not a bad start. It's just the the pacing was definitely... It's, that's a lot to put on somebody for their first movie. Yeah. A movie like this. It's bas- This is basically like an Avengers movie. Like You have all these characters to balance and do all that, so... It, it was definitely a big task. Uh, your first outing for sure. Absolutely. All right. Anything else that we want to add on mortal Kombat? I know we have to get into our final review. Don't we? Uh, honestly, it, it's just nice to see this universe on screen again. So, and I really had a great time with it and that's going to kind of lead into my final rating. If you want to get into that right now, Yes, it's going to be a little shocking. It's not going to be a Hall of Fame, but I'm going to put it at a very, very low all star, <laughs> very low all star. I liked it that oh. much. I liked it that much to where I watched it twice and I had a great time when the fatalities were on screen. I actually like, you know, kind of cheered a little bit. I was like, holy crap, look at that. And it really got me excited. I'm going to go with a uh, starter. I think it was good enough to enjoy. 
but it, it had some, some, some severe concerns as we've talked about before. So I, I'll start it because I think I turned my brain off and I had an absolute blast with it. But they got to make these characters more interesting and they've got to do a better job of writing if they want to keep this series going in a positive direction. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. Um, Gerald, I'm guessing, would have been around a bench or a start or two. So um, I'm going to make his uh, grade for him in this one. <laughs> All right. So we would be certified. Fra- we would be a, a, a bright red tomato if we were on the Rotten Tomato site. Yeah. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, that, that's one way to describe it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, once again for joining us. This is probably one of our shorter episodes, but all right. Well, hopefully we can consider this episode a flawless victory, and you will join us again for another epic showdown here at Box Office Quarterbacks. We thank you so much. We know you have a lot of choices when it comes to podcasts, but we're happy you chose us, and you joined us for another episode of Good Friends and Real Talk. We will see you next week. <laughs>